This is your Planet News Briefing. I'm John Chu. And I'm Ralph Fortune. Our main story coming up is all about, well, actually, we don't have one today. That's right. We do not have a main topic for this episode. Rather, we will have many conversations each around the this week's climate change news and headlines. Cool. Yeah. Um, look, we love your feedback. We are keen to experiment, reiterate, if you will, based on what you, i.e. our listeners, want. That's it. Your planet news headlines for this week, along with additional commentary around each one. In politics news this week, the BBC reports COP26, we talked about this before, the UK proposes a new date for delayed climate change summit. So as discussed in the previous episode, uh, the UK government proposed delaying the UN climate change conference, COP26, by a year. At the time, we wonder when, when in 2021, is it the beginning, is it the middle, is it the end? Because it makes a big difference, right? So it is understood. Uh, ministers have put forward new dates for the talks to begin on the 1st until the 12th of November 2021. So it's still quite far away. Uh, if you remember, this was uh, event was postponed uh, from this November. And now we know until, until next November because of the coronavirus pandemic. So dozens of world leaders were due to attend the gathering, the most important round of talks, arguably, since the Global Paris Agreement um, was was enacted, which is to tackle climate change uh, back in 2015. That's crazy, man. So like, almost, a, almost a year and a half away from, I mean, that was not, not quite, but yeah, that's, that's a long ways away to, to postpone this when um, each year, you know, we're, get, we're, we're kicking the can down the road and becomes an ex- exponential problem, which, you know, these things are not addressed. Exactly. And who's to say that there's not going to be something else that will happen at that point where it might get pushed again. Yeah. I just, you know, we talked about this before as well, where uh, why can't they have a, a Zoom meeting? I mean, it probably won't be able to, to accommodate thousands of people, but there's got to be stuff that's happening in the interim. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a combination of, of being able to meet and then also just having the capacity since everybody's so focused on the pandemic and how to, how to open up for the economy, looking at the impacts due to the climate. But, you know, there's also possibilities that this could be intertwined as well, right? So. Yeah, I mean, waiting a, a year is not ideal. But I suppose, um, you know, there is some good in the sense that, uh, you know, there, there is a there's a date now. And I think a lot of these countries, uh, they have they should be encouraged um, to work towards that date now and have things to prove and or show. Uh, we've heard things about like Japan, for example, who set pretty unambitious targets. Um, and then we've got other countries who are a bit more ambitious. But hopefully during this time, you know, these countries are, or these nations are, you know, getting their, their stuff together, uh, especially with reviving their respective economies because of, uh, you know, coronavirus and a new green, a green new deal that is also going to jumpstart their economies, but also jumpstart their, you know, green infrastructure, right? Yeah, that'd be interesting. In business news this week, The Guardian reports, markets not paying attention to climate climate crisis, the IMF says. So this is a quote from the IMF, International Monetary uh, Fund. They state that while projections of 
climate variables and other economic impact are subject to high degree of uncertainty, aggregate equity valuation as of 2019 do not appear to reflect the predicted changes in physical risk under various climate change scenarios. This suggests that equity investors may not be paying sufficient attention to climate change risk. So what does that boil down to? Basically, they're just saying that they're seeing you know, climate risk as a factor in the world, but they're not seeing that you know, accounted for in, in the markets, in the equity markets. So they're stating that companies should be forced to disclose their exposure to climate risk because a voluntary approach does not go far enough. This is from a uh, report put out by the IMF and it's called the Global Financial Stability Report. Um, so it's amazing that, you know, this is a, a major report that they, they've been consistently putting out um, and it's, you know, the climate change is, is becoming a prominent topic within the report for global financial stability. That's amazing. So the thing is with this, it's, it's not necessarily clear how to go forward. How, what is the best way for these companies to report these, right? And we've, we've discussed this in multiple topics, including the ESG topic, which is a little bit more of a deep dive uh, on this. However, there are, there are areas of, of you know, trying this out. For example, the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. Uh, it's an initiative led by Mark Carney, the former Bank of England governor outlines how companies should calculate and disclose their exposure to climate risk uh, to investors. So this includes four main, main pieces. The first is governance, the organization's governance around climate-related risks and opportunities. The second is strategy, the actual and potential impacts of climate-related risks and opportunities on the organization's businesses, strategy and financial planning. The third is risk management, the processes used by the organization to identify, assess, and manage climate-related risks. And the fourth is metrics and targets. The metrics and targets used to assess and manage relevant climate-related risks and opportunities. So yeah, interesting framework here, um, but definitely interesting the IMF is saying that, okay, voluntary is not good enough. This needs to be mandatory for everybody to disclose this. This is interesting because the task force on climate-related financial disclosures that one is currently uh, voluntary, isn't it? Mm -hmm, uh, exactly. But this one, I believe that it's got really good traction in, in the sense that a lot of uh, well, many companies have accepted or embraced it and have taken on this governance model to improve their sustainability practices mm -hmm. and so forth. So this one is voluntary and it is working uh, in the sense that it's, it's being adopted, but perhaps it doesn't go far enough, right? So this is what the IMF is saying, it seems like, um, because yeah. it's still but, voluntary and yeah, it's, it's not going far enough. It's not going, it's not happening, making changes or impacts fast enough. Yeah, that, and, and it's just not, it's, it's just not covered widely enough within businesses, right? Um, yeah. IMF is saying like, look, we should see more, uh, this, we, should, we should see this impact the financial markets more than what we're seeing right now. Um, a major part of that is that just it's just not the voluntary uptake by businesses has not been large enough. We need to do more businesses doing this. It's also interesting. I mean, there are definitely businesses and in, in other industries as well that are that are starting to push this even more because they see a, a financial gain too, right? I mean, uh, in this article, AXA, um, a huge insurance 
companies talking about how they're trying to, to push this more uh, because they see it being relevant for their business, obviously insurance, and, and they're seeing uh, natural disasters being more and more heavily uh, correlated to climate change. Uh, actually, they even stated in the article that they don't know if uh, like a four, four degrees Celsius plus world is, is insurable. That was a quote that they said. Wow. Uh, so that is pretty interesting. Like they're, they're literally thinking about their business in the future uh, and that if, it, if the climate gets above this point that they, they can't even be in the business of insurance. I don't, I don't know about that. I think insurance companies will, uh, you know, insure whatever they can, uh, but <laughs> whatever comes about. But it's kind of an interesting statement that they're pushing. And then obviously, you know, consultancies and, and, and the likes are, are, are pushing it as well. Oh, yeah. I think this is going to be a question on ethics, business ethics, if companies are intentionally not disclosing their climate risk and therefore people who are investors and consultants and other stakeholders who don't have the same level of information. This this is going to be a different variation of, um, you know, like the ethics around stock trading and, and how that was eventually sorted through different regulations to make sure that, you know, it's a bit more fair. Um, I think sure. climate change is sort of changing business operations and financial reporting uh, be, just because if, if there is an insurance company or a big oil giant who are not disclosing their climate, you know, risks or, uh, you know, things around that for short term gains, that's, that's not, there's, there's a question of ethics around that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This is, this is going to breed a new wave of uh, white collar crime. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe uh, activist investors, right? That would yeah. be interesting. And what's this uh, this thing with uh, the the IPTA and the earnings before income taxes and coronavirus or COVID nineteen or something like? You know, these yeah. new these these companies, uh, current companies, some of them they're having a, a new line item in the financial uh, statements that says, okay, this is our earnings before coronavirus. Coronavirus happened, oh, and now. And now we have this. So, so this is this new acronym, uh, you know, IPTA, earnings before income taxes. And I think it's and Corona or, you know, so it's AC that's tacked on to the end of that. That's hilarious. And, yeah. And it's actually gaining traction. So people are actually starting to use that. And just like, you know, the case of coronavirus, we know that, you know, uh, people can, can kind of rally and come together and have new innovation so to speak or new ways of doing things um, as a result you know climate change we have always talked about this uh it's sort of similar concept to coronavirus in the sense that people need to come together and those type of those new ways of thinking and whatnot how it changes financial reporting for coronavirus you know timelines and so forth uh this one you know it is voluntary now, but if it was to be made mandatory, I think that it makes some sense there, right? Um, because people should know the climate risk impacts of investments. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what do we have now? In tech news, environmental leader reports uh, this week, Amazon actually announced a 4.12 million commitment to the Nature Conservancy uh, in an effort to reduce climate change risk and increase species diversity, biodiversity in three German cities. So the goal is to share a guide to urban greening with municipalities across Europe by the end of 
a five-year project. So with this, Amazon is recognizing the urgency of the climate crisis and its impact on urban communities. Uh, this announcement follows the Climate Pledge, which is the company's commitment to be net zero carbon by 2040. We've talked about this before in the FANG episode. So Amazon's commitment to fund the Nature Conservancy's urban greening program specifically, which uses nature-based solutions to help cities become more climate change resilient. Uh, the program will collaborate with city officials and local community organizations to create and implement plans for the following. Reducing flood risk by improving rainwater retention through tree planting, revitalizing urban wetlands and adapting existing green spaces. Uh, for reducing extreme heat and pollution by leveraging unused public spaces to plant trees and improving urban water bodies. And lastly, for increasing urban biodiversity by introducing pollinator-friendly spaces, climate resilient plants, and urban grassland. That was a lot this is, uh, this will be an interesting project, but I mean, you lost me at $4 million over five years from Amazon. Like that is so <laughs> pathetic. That, uh, that is a good point. I, so to be fair, it is 4 million um, for one German city and then they'll move out to two more German cities. And then eventually as part of the five-year project, they plan on moving it across Europe. I don't know if that means 4 million across five years or 4 million is just across the first German city. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I definitely think it seems like a cool plan. Uh, and, and that's awesome like, that they're trying, to, they're trying to help create a blueprint for this. Um, but at the same, I mean, at the same time, it's like, why is Amazon doing this? Uh, I mean, this should just be, this should be a plan being put together by the cities. Uh, obviously they'll be working in conjunction here, but yeah. so all, it's just, it almost seems like a kind of like a Amazon purchasing the, uh, the local government <laughs> to help so that they work well together, uh, with, with delivery in the, in the city as well. Um, another, another small point is, is, um, I mean, so Prof G stuff, he's always talking about like how huge Amazon is um, in comparison to other companies, just to give you like relevance of their size. And on Friday, Amazon in the stock market, they, they moved just like their movement and on Friday in the stock market was an increase of about 30% of the entire size of Boeing. No way. Boeing no is valued way. at $80 billion, right? And Amazon moved in one day, uh, an increase of 30%. It's like 20 billion or something, basically. So that, <laughs> oh my that is, God. That is just insane. It's a, it's a behemoth, right? And so that's when, when you think about like, okay, $4 million? Like, what? <laughs> Anyways, maybe it would look weird if they gave too much money because then, then it's like they literally are buying the whole town, right? So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably that's probably a good point. What you just said uh, at, at the last part of that, because, um, the, and then it'd be weird for the sit for the German city to take that much money, right? Um, no. That's like a sign there's corruption going on. There probably is corruption, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, Amazon. What what you just said about what happened on Friday uh, and how they, you know, compared to Boeing. That's just wild. Have you heard um, the concept from? It's an it's an old meme about like. Goldman Sachs, I don't think people use it as much anymore, but it's like the, the vampire squid. Goldman Sachs being the vampire squid. No, what, what does that mean? It, you can, I mean, if you, search, if you search it, there's like a lot of like cartoons and stuff. <laughs> I, don't know, about, I think this is during like 2008 and stuff, like during that time, 
they're referenced as the vampire squid because they're just kind of in everywhere. They're just everywhere and mm. just sucking the blood out of every everything, every industry <laughs> and every market. Uh, I mean, I definitely think Amazon is the new vampire squid of our oh generation. God. Yeah, and just yeah, they have their tentacles everywhere, and they're just. <laughs> I, the problem is, I don't think you know financial institution like Goldman Sachs. Yeah, they have their tentacles everywhere, and yes, their their motivation is they provide value and it's in the sense of liquidation, all this stuff, but. But more so, they just want to skim a percentage off everything. I, oh I definitely God. would would say that Amazon is not. I mean, Amazon is providing value. So I don't know. They they might be not not the vampire, but like a, the octopus improver. I mean, like how was the opposite of sucking blood? I mean, like getting <laughs> the, the octopus donator, right? Blood donator. Um, they're providing value, but their their tentacles are everywhere. Yeah, I mean, they they have um, they have the ability to to make moves like this because of how much, I guess, revenue that they earn, and they have the you know ability to bring on new programs. I mean, this is separate from Jeff Bezos's own um, you know Earth Fund. Did you realize that uh, the Amazon logo it actually has a line that goes from A to the Z, the Z? So they have always planned on basically doing everything, like literally the entire alphabet of things. Um, if, if you look at the, the logo, you'll see that the line that connects the A and the Z. Cool. In Science News this week, the Daily Mail reports, trees are getting shorter due to climate change as higher temperatures stall photosynthesis and stunt their growth, study suggests. So this is an interesting one that, that you sent over to me. And, and I mean, the first thing is you always want to take a daily mail with a grain of salt, but actually this is based off of a report um, from arborists. So people who, who uh, study trees at University of Birmingham and they warn old forests are under threat. So they're under threat due to more wildfires, droughts and insect outbreaks as they, those are reducing tree lifespans. And then additionally, higher temperatures have also affected photosynthesis, reducing growth rates. So they state that a future planet with fewer large old forests will be very different than what we have grown uh, accustomed to. Old forests often host much higher biodiversity than young forests, and they store more carbon uh, than young forests do. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about that, you know, if you're lucky, if you've been lucky enough to see the redwoods in California or, or, you know, the Amazon as well. I mean, I haven't seen the Amazon, but I have seen the redwoods and those, those are just the most massive, massive trees you'll, you can imagine, you know, there's, you'll see images of, you know, cars driving through them and you just go there, you can just look up and there's you know, like skyscrapers, right? So. It's kind of crazy to think that those are going to be a thing of the past, right? That might just be another thing like the woolly mammoth. It's just something that like you can't comprehend and you see, you see pictures of, but you'll never see in real life. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that, that, that actually kind of like, it brings me so much shock that, I, that I'm kind of at a loss of words because a lot of these trees are hundreds of years old. Right. So and I, I think, I mean, there, there is some obvious truth to this where trees are not only getting shorter due to climate change, but it's, there, there's less trees, you know, you, you, you know, biomass, we talked about this in the recent episode, you know, regarding Michael Moore's documentary, uh, but like that's basically cutting down trees and for, for 
you know, fossil fuel alternatives and, and that's happening. So there are less forest, uh, for, forestation and there's less of that also because of cattle farming and so forth. But, so there's just less trees in the world. It's not just yeah. getting shorter, there's actually just less of it. Yeah. And the concept around biomass is like, obviously, okay, maybe in a, you know, tens of tens of years, these will, trees will grow back, but they're not going to be growing to the same size, right? Of these huge yeah. forests, just completely different. Takes Yeah. Hundreds of years for that to develop. So, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, uh, but by the time those trees develop, if they develop because the climate change will get worse and worse, um, you know, if they develop to the way that they're at now, you know, the climate would be totally different by then. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting. They mentioned like the wildfires, droughts, insect outbreaks, they just, these, tra- these trees just don't stand a chance to get to those, those sizes, you know, and then, and then tack on the redu- reduction in growth rate due to photosynthesis. I didn't realize that was happening. That's wild. So they're yeah. growing slower. All right. So interesting set of news this week. Uh, that is this week's Your Planet News Briefing. I'm Ralph Forgen. I'm John Chu. Thanks for listening.